Blog Talk Radio. Okay, 
<laughs> so I'll be excited about that. So I'll tell you guys about that one too, okay? So, you know, that's my week. It's going pretty good, all right? So, man, what else is in the news that we got to talk about? Well, I am going to talk about how I feel that it was karma. I don't, can, can we say karma? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a way to help y'all understand, but I'm not surprised that this happened at the Oscars because this is a lesson for black folks. Always trying to save the Oscars. <laughs> Always. It's like an every seven-year thing when they invite black people. They get, they put like two or three black people in the major categories or maybe four, and they like, then they maybe try to throw in a black host or something. <laughs> when their ratings are really hitting the toilet. And this year they did the same thing, but instead of this, instead this year they went all out. Now here's the thing. I refuse to watch the Oscars on what I call, and this is very politically incorrect what I'm going to say, and I'm sure they'll dig this show up if I ever, if, show, if I ever make it to, you know, get like popular or something, they're going to dig this show up and they're going to say, did she say that? But I say it on here. What I call nigga night at the Oscars, that's what I call it. I refused to watch it because I knew what they was going to do. I knew. So I wasn't even watching when the Will Smith thing happened. <laughs> I was, somebody, one of my best friends sent me, said, did you see, what do you think about Will? And I'm like, what are you talking about? What happened with Will? <laughs> and she sent me the video and I was like, this just happened? Is that real? <laughs> At first, I didn't even think it was real. I knew he was going to snap, but I didn't think it was it was real. And I call it Negro Nigga Night because that's what they do at the Oscars. This is a show that over 100 years, 99 years has been in existence, right? Maybe you can count, you got 10 fingers, and that's just probably about it of the people, black people, black Americans, black Adolf, who have probably won Oscars <laughs> in that 99-year period. Okay? And it might be even less than that. I'd have to count it up. <laughs> and out of that 99-year period, they were all excited because Will Packer finally got to host. They got a black host after 99 years. <laughs> oh, my God, was that a great? What are we celebrating here? <laughs> I gave up on the Oscars a long time ago, and I think black people should too. So to me, it was karma. It was fitting that two black men, there's an altercation between two black men on the Oscars. Why is it fitting? Because it may, because you know how we as black people do when, when one black person do bad, we all like, <gasps> even though we're all individuals, but still we know how that stereotype goes out across the world. And I'm, I'm going to talk about this a little later on, but I felt like this is what we need to stop the madness. Like this, we had we had one bad, huge stereotype again go out all across the world because we keep begging and asking to get in to a place that obviously doesn't want us in, not much, <laughs> and probably begrudgingly gave black people a night, in which I bet they were behind the scenes calling it what I call it, the Negro night, the nigga night. Hollywood is one of the most racially insensitive and prejudiced places in the world. You can tell that by the shows and the films. <laughs> but I digress. We'll talk about that a little later on into the show. This week, y'all, okay, I have not watched. 
I know y'all be liking to hear about the reality shows. I haven't watched any. I'm sorry. None. Absolutely. <laughs> so I will, next week I will go through my little thing and see, you know, try to, try to see, you know, try to see what, you know, what reality shows, like, you know, I could talk about. I'll figure it out. We'll have a reality show talk, maybe. Depends on how I feel, okay? Now, uh, I have been watching Power Book 4, The Force. Can I say it's getting a lot better? Of course, you know, the eighth episode, if you're a Power Book fan, for those of you who are Power Book fans, the eighth episodes of all of Courtney Kemp's shows, you know, somebody's got to die. It's what power fans say, the streets are looking for a body. Remember, you know, that's what we say, the streets are looking for a body, right? And they got a body. And it's usually an innocent person who just, you know, who's just trying to make it in life, you know. <laughs> and it was Gloria this week. If you haven't seen Power Book 4, sorry. I mean, I spoiled the spoiler for you. But it was Gloria this week, okay? And it was sad, but you know what? I feel like the show is going somewhere. I'm feeling good. First, I wasn't feeling good. The first two or three episodes, I was like, ooh. But now I'm excited about Power Book 4. It needs a little bit more development time, but I feel really, really good about it, okay? So that's my thoughts on Power Book 4 this week. Uh, Snowfall. Okay. I love Snowfall. I hardly talk about Snowfall on here. I did not like the whole tire thing. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, for those of you who have been watching Snowfall, I'm about to be spoilers here. Franklin, you know, uh, girl is left, and I can't blame her ass in the 80s in the crack epidemic dealing with a big-time drug dealer is not the business, okay? But uh, we're seeing this story get started to get, I mean, we're starting to see Franklin in some ways come to a crossroads. Now, I feel like there's going to be some repercussions for something that Franklin has not done and has not put into motion, okay? So if you haven't seen the last episode, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm just going to say that, okay? So, yeah, that's my that's my thoughts on Snowfall. Short and sweet this week, but it is what it is, okay? Now, it is time for It's a Word. And the reason why I'm getting to It's a Word really quickly, because I know y'all want to hear about Will, <laughs> about my thoughts on Will Smith and the Oscars and stuff, okay? So, uh, my it's a word. If you, for those of you who uh, you're new to the show and you, you're like, what is it's a word? It's a word is where I just kind of share my thoughts for the week and you know, hopefully encourage you in some sort of way. Okay, maybe you know, in, in something that I've a lesson I've learned this week or last week or somewhere in my life. Okay, and I try to share it. This week, my it's a word is it's okay to not have all the answers. It's going to be simple, okay? But I had a thing in the last few weeks, okay? I had uh, a moment happen where I was, like, so happy in a moment. You know, like when you can be so happy. It was I was so happy about a certain door opening, certain things happening, or certain situ- a certain situation. I was like, ooh. But in that happiness of the weight of the great thing happening or the great moment happening, I started having all these thoughts about the future. Like, oh, my God, how would this how would this change if this happened? Or how would this change if this happened? Or how would this change? And I started to, in that moment, become so overwhelmed in the happiness of the moment, <laughs> of the moment that I started being overwhelmed with all these questions of, about the future and fear. And I started to really panic. 
because I thought, you know, this new place can open up doors that is very scary, right? Uh, and I try to figure it all out in that moment, you know, like, and then I realized you just don't need to understand, <laughs> right? Have you guys ever had those moments where in there could be a moment so great, so happy happening for you, so doors so opening, great doors opening and everything, but then you begin to question that moment because you know it could be such a life-changing event that you're like, ooh, you're shaking in it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like it could bring you into other things, right? And so you don't know you're, the future suddenly that very great thing that's happening somewhat sometimes looks a little bleak. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, ooh. And you start to think, you know, what is the price? What is the cost that I'll have to pay for that, right? And then I thought to myself, because I could be that kind of overly panicking person, <laughs> and I'm an empath, so I thought to myself, you know what, just relax and enjoy it. You don't have to have all the answers. Just enjoy this moment this place, this time, this door opening. We don't know where it's going to lead. We don't know, but just enjoy it. And so that's my, it's a word for you guys tonight. Sometimes you don't have to have all the answers, even in your best moments that can invoke maybe a sense of panic. Because, you know, there could be good moments that invoke panic. Like you could be standing on, you know, one of the things I've heard people who are successful say, that the loneliest place, is not the way on their way up the mountain. They say it's at the top. Like you, you're you're suddenly there, and you're like, okay, I did it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> what now? <laughs> right? You know, you have that what now moment. You're like, I got it all. I got my dreams. I got my. I, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here at the mountain. And you realize that it could be a lonely moment for yourself, right? You could you realize it's not the climb, but it could be that moment at the top, and then you have to realize what's the next, you know, what's the next thing or something like that. That's what you often hear successful people say that it is very scary, not the climb, but once you, you think it's the climb, but it's when you're at that mountaintop and you're figuring out, like you've done everything, and there's such, there's a sense of, you know, What's next? I mean, it's almost a sense, you hear them say it's a sense of loneliness or something, you know? And so, I don't know, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that, uh, you know, recognize that, you know, you don't have to have all the answers while you're climbing, and there are going to be times that when you reach your peak or when you reach a place of a place of success or, or a, place of, a place of personal goals or a, a personal things in your life, or maybe something that personally brings you happiness or something like that, that it may be scary because you don't know what other doors it will open or it, it, or whatever else, but trust the process, right? You know, trust the process and understand that you don't have to always have the answers. Just keep walking in the direction that you hear that little voice, that God voice talking to you, Okay. So that is simple. That's my it's a word for the week, okay? That's that. Okay. So when I come back, we'll talk about Will Smith snapping up in here. Will Smith just lost it. (laughs) Now, all y'all want to blame Jada. Everybody wants to get up on Jada. I'm not going to let y'all do that. I'm not going to let y'all come for Jada. 
this week. I got something to say, and I was about to come for Jada. But then I thought to myself about something. I said, I don't think we understand the cost of Will Smith. Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And you know what made me think that this week about the cost of Will Smith? is when he walked up on that stage unstable and smacked Chris Rock. I said, oh, I'm seeing this relationship in a whole nother light. <laughs> a whole nother light. And it's actually, I'm starting to rethink Jada Pinkett and how Jada Pinkett gets into, how Jada Pinkett is always looking like she is the, she's the, uh, how can we say, the aggressor or the, or the bad thing for Will and everything. But I got something different to say on that. We'll talk about that when we get back. Meanwhile, and then we'll talk about the Oscars, and I'll, we'll talk, I'll tell you guys my theory about uh, the cost of black folks saving the Oscars. Okay, we'll talk about that a whole lot more. Meanwhile, let's start off with one of my favorite, favorite singers. Now, if you look into the archive show, okay, you can find an old interview probably somewhere. I don't know, do they even have it in the archives anymore? One of my favorite singers. And I saw a beautiful picture of her today because she was on my timeline. And I saw a picture, a beautiful picture of her. Uh, she had fabulous 40s up. One of my favorite singers ever is Karen White, right? And I was so, you know, one of the best parts of this show is I was so psyched when we got to interview Karen White because nobody at the time had heard, like back in the day, it was like when Karen White had that lull and nobody heard from her for a long time. Nobody knew where she was or what, and she, and I, we found her and she came on the show. She was so dope. She was so dope and she, she was so nice, okay? So one of my favorite singers, favorite old, favorite old school songs, Facts of Love, Jeff Loeber, if you can find that in the archives, check it out, okay? It's me and the gang. We all interviewed her, okay? Karen White, thanks for love. I'll be back in a moment, y'all.
Okay, I love that song. All right, so I am back on the CC show, and we are talking Oscars, Will Smith snapping. Okay, I'm just going to get to it, okay? God, this is the reason I really even had a show tonight, too. <laughs> All right, listen. I wasn't surprised about Will Smith snapping. Uh, listen, the, I talked about this a few weeks ago. Was it like a couple of weeks ago I talked about this and I said that how women, it's, part, it's very hard when a woman is, is is considered the adulterer. And listen, that doesn't mean, a lot of men said to me, well, wait a minute, now men get a hard time too. But you're, listen, but it's expected of men, like almost to cheat. Okay, like it, it is expected somewhat, even if men get the hard time and they get, but no, it's nothing quite like a woman. A woman gets labeled all kind of things. You know what I'm saying? And 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 suddenly, you know, you're labeled a disaster. You're labeled, oh my God, this and that and this and that. And it it, it it's tough on a woman. Okay, and I said because it's it, it's tough on a woman, it's also very tough on a man who is with a woman who is considered to be, a, you know, who was, who's cheated on, okay? And men can feel very emasculated by the act of a woman cheating, okay? Facts. Like, women are supposed to be su- superheroes when it comes to cheating, okay? Even though Will and Jada was not cheating, okay, they let, according to them, <laughs> According to them, they had an open marriage, and Will was out in these streets running around too. But the way he put her on red, the way it was displayed on red table talks, which I'm going to get to a little bit later, Will, he shouldn't be surprised that he's catching a business like this because what he did is he only, he focused on Jada on red table talks, but not focused on his own shit. Like, you know, it wasn't more like, yeah, we just had an open relation. We've been fucking around on each other. You know, we having a good time out these streets. You know what I'm saying? We don't even consider ourselves that. We got a marriage, but, you know, we like to mess around. If he would have said that, people would have still been, oh, shocked. But Jada wouldn't have took so much of the brunt that she's taking now. Even though I believe open marriages and all that stuff was ideal to Jada. But we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, okay? Now, they were. It's been all kind of rumors this week. The la- the latest rumor was, you know, Will Packer uh, talking about that. You know, they were ready to arrest arrest Will Smith at the award show. Which, listen, 
I'm going to be honest with y'all. I was not for, I didn't like what Will did. I thought that was, I thought that was terrible. And I, to be honest, I really thought they should have escorted his ass out of the earth. You know, I think that, you know, uh, um, I thought that the Academy made a mistake by letting him sit in the audience. You know, they were saying they asked Will to leave, but TMZ is saying the Academy lied about asking Will Smith to leave after slapping Chris Rock. And this is according to a TMZ via Raw story. They're saying this Wednesday the Academy claimed they asked Will Smith to leave the Dolby Theater after he walked up on stage and slapped comedian Chris Rock. But according to sources speaking to TMZ, the Academy is lying. Now, you know, as you all know, and I don't have the video up to play Chris Rock, I mean, Will Smith in that altercation, because y'all done seen it so much shit. I don't need to play it, do I? <laughs> but for those of you who don't know, uh, Chris Rock told a joke where he called uh, Jada. He said to Jada, he said, I love you, Jada, but he was, but he looked at her, Jada, and said, because you know Jada been wearing a bald head. She's been rocking that shit for a long time. I didn't even know she had alopecia. I didn't know. I didn't know. I know y'all, I was saying y'all knew. I did not know. So Chris might not know. Chris is probably busy and shit. He didn't know. But he says to her during, he says to Jada, because she has this bald head, and Jada looks damn good with the bald head, okay? So he says to Jada, he says, he said, uh, you can do G.I. You can you can pay in G.I. Jane too, essentially. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said. Will's ass was laughing at first. If you've seen the video, all y'all saw he was laughing. But then Jada kind of rolled her eyes. And it seemed like Will got some heart and just walked up on stage and smacked Chris Rock. Then he came back into the audience, sat down, and Chris Rock was like, yeah, damn, like, Will just slapped the shit out of me. And then he said, keep my wife's fucking name out your mouth and twice and all this stuff. He was yelling from the audience. Really ridiculous. It looked like he had finally snapped. And besides, I was like, what is the, hold up. Even if Chris Rock meant it, and let me just say this, Chris Rock has been problematic these last seven, several years. This is going to be a sidebar real quick. He has been problematic. There were some things I liked about the Good Hair uh, 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 documentary, but I've been on here and I've talked about the Good Hair documentary and how I thought it was problematic, problematic towards black women. There is always an attack against black women for being creative. For, for being fucking geniuses with our struggle. And a lot of our struggle is hair. Motherfuckers don't know how much black women struggle with hair, okay? We struggle, we struggle like shit, okay? We struggle. We, not that we don't love our hair, but it's a fucking struggle to be black, a black woman in America with your hair, okay? And black women came up with all, cre- all kinds of creative ideas to deal with the shit struggle, of hair acceptance and every kind and everything. Like we came up with, you know, a black woman created the weaves and the, you know, wigs was already here. White women was wearing wigs and shit, and even white men back in the 1700s and stuff. But white women always wore, okay? But black women create something like weaves, extensions, and stuff like that. Suddenly, we're fake. We're this. We're that. Not being praised for creating. Uh, being cre- being creative and coming up with the idea, unfortunately, that we didn't make uh, as much money as we should have been making off of it. But launching a billion-dollar in- industry, unfortunately, got taken from us. And there's a lot of reasons why the black hair care in black hair care industry is being t- being stripped away from black women and black people 
However, we get into that a little later on. But black women aren't praised with coming up with creative ideas. Instead, we're attacked. And I felt like good hair was a fucking attack, you know, a little bit. You know, it was like, it was kind of like, you know, making fun. And I get what he was trying to do. He was trying to show the hair industry and stuff like that. But so what? It's the, the idea that black women just came up that, we, that we're so fucked. Like, I heard this dude say that one time. He he was talking about hair weaves, braids, extensions, stuff like that. He said, black women are so fucking creative. And I was like, yes, yes, that's how you do it. It's, it's, instead of talking and being insulting and stuff like that. So I felt like, and it's usually coming, the insults a lot of times are coming from black males. Not all the time, but a lot of time. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so Chris Rock was in that bag. And then Chris Rock, of course, was he led the O.J. Simpson is is a murderer kind of bandwagon thing. You know, because he told that one joke and it changed the perception. Because most black people did not think O.J. did that, right? But then Chris Rock, I remember, told that one joke on one of those, one of his specials. And I was a big Chris Rock fan, but over the years I have to say that it has not been as much because I thought the he lost his edge a little bit. But he, when he did that one uh, thing joke about O.J. and about him calling him and all that stuff, it changed the narrative somewhat in the black community to, like, O.J. was guilty, but he should have got away with it because, you know, he got all this money. It's changed the narrative to something stupid, and it shows you how powerful celebrity can have such an influence, okay? Uh, and he also changed the narrative. I mean, in certain, in, in, there's a lot of things that have been problematic about Chris in his com, his com, comedy. He was, you know, out here. He was one of Dick Riding Obama cats too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just a lot of things about Chris Rock that have been problematic over the years. However, it does not give Will Smith the right to go up on stage and smack him for saying a fucking G.I. Jane joke. The joke wasn't even that funny, first off, but if you know anything about G.I. Jane in the 80s, G.I. Jane was a badass. It didn't do, you know, it wasn't a critically, it was it was a critically acclaimed film, but it wasn't real popular in the theaters, I think. But Demi Moore, it changed the trajectory of Jimmy, Demi Moore's career. Jimmy Moore after that had become even more more beautiful in people's eyes because of her shaving her head. She Jimmy Moore was considered one of the most beautiful women in the world at that time. Even doing G.I. Jane. So being cared compared to G.I. Jane is not a bad thing. And shit, she did look like G.I. Jane. I wasn't thinking about it as bad. <laughs> right? So it wasn't a bad thing. All right, so I, I didn't, but I understood what was going on. In my personal opinion, what was going on with Will is a is is a week is a few weeks of just trauma, okay? Where he has been reminded over and over again that he he has put his marriage out in the front forefront. He's put the relationship out in the forefront, and unfortunately, his wife looks like she's bossing, right? You know what I'm saying? So, and that's because of the way he shaped the narrative. Has it, in my opinion, has to hide himself and his own hand, but let Jada be put out there. And um, I'm not surprised that we see this with Chris Rocks. I mean, with uh, Will Smith. So, let's talk about it, shall we? 
All right, hey, we'll had a hard past few weeks. First, there was the SAG Awards and Laverne Cox, okay? Now, I talked about that on, the, on, that on this show. I thought what she did was tacky. I knew that was going to get to Will, and I know Will went home and thought about that shit. I know he did because it was at a moment where he was right before he was getting ready to win, you know, the SAG, a major award. And here it is, the Red Table Talk shitting on his, you know what I'm saying, on his moment, right? You know, this whole thing on the, of the Red Table Talk, right? So uh, I'm going to play a little bit of Laverne and, we're, and her talking about um, – her talking to the Smiths, where I feel like it first started, where we're starting to see this narrative play out. So let's take a listen. Thank you for all the years of joy you brought us. Thank you. We can't wait for more Red Table Talk and more more entanglements. And <laughs> no more entanglements. No more entanglements. Okay. That you can clearly see was an uncomfortable moment because she knows what entanglements is. She knows that entanglements got to do with August Alcina <laughs> and Jada, right? So then there, was the, then there was this other moment, okay? There was Will Smith with Gail King, okay, the interview where Will, where Gail talks to him about the infidelity moment. This is how Will responded to Gail Talking about, you know, him and Jada having infidelity. I hope you guys can hear the sound. I hope it's not met, messed never up. Been infidelity in never. Okay. Never been infidelity in He was on the edge. 
like Will should have his Oscar taken. I feel like Will got up there afterwards and he tried to act like he he tried to act you know he tried to give a long speech and I know a lot of y'all out there about the okay and I always take it for this if every anybody who listens to the show knows I take it for the Smiths constantly I love the Smiths but at this point what Will did the other day that was so fucked up and to go up there just to snap he lucky Chris Rock did now whoop his ass because I'm gonna tell you what I would have did if I was standing up there I would like to think I would have did. I would have walked backstage and got me one of them Oscars and proceeded to beat his ass. <laughs> but up, <other>, whatever. <laughs> I'm violent like that. Violence is our violence. <laughs> but Chris, but Chris, but Chris Rock handled it handled it very well. But I did not agree with another black man being kind of what emasculated on television by another black man. And I'm not surprised this happened, black people. It is the cost of us begging always to be at the Oscars. Oscars so white. Oscars, we always protest. We know what the Oscars are. If you get nominated, great. Go get the award. But quit begging these people who've had a 99-year infrastructure to be in their shit. It's far too many black people out here. Supposedly, since y'all talking about y'all balling and everything in Hollywood, which we know that kind of ain't true, but y'all talking about y'all balling and all this stuff in Hollywood, and now y'all got power and studios and shit like that. Y'all supposed to have these studios and shit. Why not use that power and start building another award show that competes with the Oscars? Why are we always begging to? That's I found I found it hilarious though when it when I thought back about it when I thought of it I was like this is hilarious because this is this is what happens at the Oscars two black men two black American men end up fighting each other and this is the infrastructure I mean one of them ends up hitting another one it's not really a fight and it kind of goes out has a like a reverberation and it is a picture. Because I don't care what you think. You can say, well, I'm not going to accept that that's a picture of all black people and everything. But that's what the world thinks. Because what's, what's happened in America, America has put out a perception of black America. It sold you on one end has a product, black. And when I talk about black America, I'm talking about traditional black America, ADOS, FBA, whatever. You've been sold as a product all around the world, your culture, how we sing, how we act. Our, our slang, everything that we use to survival skills in America has been sold as a product across the world. But also with that product has become has become major stereotypes about us, right? We are violent. We're this. We're that. We're that. So no matter what, that image went out across the world, and it was fun because in 99 years, here's the thing, the first black man to host an Oscar in 99 years, guess what Oscar he hosts? Will Packer hosts that one. <laughs> and I thought, how fitting. <laughs> how fitting. This is what we get for constantly begging them to be in, our, in their institutions. Now we get embarrassed. <laughs> and they going, this is what happens when you have black night, when you have nigger night, when you have Negro night. And I say we should have stopped begging a long time ago. 
And people was about to, if Will would have won that the other night, and Will Packer would have succeeded with that show and everything, because what it was was the Oscars ratings have been in the dirt. And I'm like, let the Oscars die. But no, desperate Hollywood black people have to come save it, even though they claim to be ballers and claim to be running their own shit now, so they say. But yet they're still begging this old-ass institution, can they be a part of it? And if that had not had happened the other night, it would be, they would be so proud. Oh, we're so happy. Somebody won an Oscar. And you're really begging for the acceptance of a group of people who really don't like you, but to help them every now and again. Sad. And it's desperate. Haven't you had enough black Hollywood? Aren't you tired? If y'all balling like that, maybe y'all should get together and come up with an award show. Will Packer could have produced a award show that the money was put in by, from some of the black elites in Hollywood. But y'all really ain't got it like that. That's the truth. That's what why Antonio Moore and Yvette Carnell call the celebrity, the celebrities, the decadent veil. Because they give the illusion that black America has had this shift, right? And we know that even in Hollywood, black actors and actresses, the majority are underpaid. Even, and we know that black America is by two, is projected by 2030 to be almost broke with the wealth gap. There has been no closure, a closing of the wealth gap. And so this group that has created so much illusion, the veil is starting to crack. Am I surprised? No. No, 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 no. And this is the cost of trying to save the Oscars. Y'all went up there trying to save the Oscars. And what y'all got? was a shit show. Y'all started, y'all look like the Source Awards. The first time a black man produces the Oscars, it turns into the Source Awards. <laughs> oh, my God, it's almost humorous. No, it is humorous. Okay, I feel sorry for Chris Rock. Sorry, I, man, that shouldn't have happened to you. And it's funny because the most well-to-do, most controlled, what seemed like most controlled black man in the industry, Will Smith, Loses his fucking cool. <laughs> Y'all see how I'll fall down? <laughs> oh, my God. The cost of us begging and saving the Oscars when we had no business there in the first place trying to kiss that Academy's ass. Will Packard and all of them should have said, fuck you, I'm not hosting your awards after you done had several bad years of bad ratings. Now you come to meet a black man and come save your ass? Nah, hell with that. But we can't do that, can we? Why? Because we really ain't that powerful in Hollywood. That's the truth they don't want to tell. It's supposed to be great to host the Oscars, right? It's supposed. Why? But why? Why? Because in 99 years, they've had one black person, and this is now 2022? <laughs> That's shameful. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. 
not being celebrated, not being begged to be in their institution, not people, black people being excited about, oh, like I see black people posting, this is the first black man to host an Oscar Award. So the fuck what? So what? So what? In 99 years, in the year 2022, we're in the 21st century, and they just saw the need to put you up there to host. You know why? Because they're failing. they like, well, we got to lose. Maybe the black people can come in and save us, and we can get some more ratings by black people watching. Nah, we should have been turning it off in the first place. Most of us, you should have shitted on this institution a long time ago. And I was a person who was like, oh, the Oscars, it means something when black people win. You knock down the door. No, damn that. I changed my mind several years ago. And Will and Jada, by the way, several years ago was boycotting the Oscars. So it's funny to see Will's ass up there when he's nominated. They were a part of the Oscars for white. Because remember, Chris Rock gets on Jada for for, uh, protesting the awards when his ass was up there hosting back in the day. So it all comes full circle to the moment. The thing is, when are we going to come to some truths? I think this was more than about Chris Rock getting slapped. I think it was a a proverbial slap to black America. It was like, wake your ass up. Quit begging because shit going to go wrong every time you come here. Every time you come here to try to prove something to these people, to try to prove that you like them, they don't think you like them. They just saw a shit show happen. <laughs> now they're like, oh, my God, we give them, we give, give them black light, we give them a Negro night, and what do they do with it? <laughs> That's because you got to quit trying to prove yourself to them. And if you're so big and bad, you need to be creating your own institution. Or do you not have as much power as you claim to have? You know, y'all all love to brag that you own shit now. Well, let's see. We've got studios. We've got we've got live. Was it Rock Nation? We've got all this shit out here. What is it? Who? Where are you at? Why can't you create your own Oscars? Why are you constantly begging these people to be a part? And you know what? It would be nice to be a part of an academy that is built, supposed to be built for thespians and people who work in the film industry that is legitimate, legitimately great. But the fact is they have been a legitimately racist institution. So do you keep banging at that door and keep getting embarrassed every time you try to come in? <laughs> because I think that's the lesson. I think the lesson was for black Americans, quit Begging. It's like the universe and God is saying, every time you try to come up in here and beg, I'm going to embarrass you. Like when Holly Berry won, when Holly Berry won Best Actress, now it was beautiful that she thanked all those, remember she thanked all those actresses and everything. But the worst part that she did was she came and said, you accept me. <laughs> it was so terrible. And then... Not only that, I mean, I, you, at the moment we were happy. But when we look back on it, then we thought about Monster's Ball. And you're like, ooh, did she win for Monster's Ball? Then you think about, yeah, the black woman won that at Oscar since. I think it's been a, they've won for, I don't know if it's for Best Actress. Maybe it's a a, a black American one. Maybe it's, it's a, 
uh, they won for um, uh, supporting. I don't think they won for best. That's crazy. That's some crazy shit. Okay, you can't tell me they can't. They couldn't find a woman of color. More women of color. Oh, did Monique win? Monique won, but was that supporting actress? I don't think she won. Was that best actress? Precious was not her movie, so I think she was supporting, not best actress, okay? So in all these years, <laughs> there hasn't been another black woman in 99 years that you could have given an Oscar to. Now, you know that's some bullshit, right? <laughs> hilarious. so funny. The Oscars are hilarious. But this is what y'all get for begging, okay? This is what happens when you beg. Now, I'm going to talk about in a moment Will and Jada's relationship and where I think, what I really think. Now, y'all, oh, y'all are not, that we maybe been too hard on Jada. Because I think Will showed us something about what this relationship really is, okay? So, I'm going to take a, let me see, do I got a phone call? 323, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. I was listening to you. Hi, what's up? Go ahead. Yeah. My name's Joe. So you were talking about the Will Smith, uh, Chris Rock thing. I think yeah. there's more nuances um, about that than people talk about. For example, oh. um, you were talking about how Will Smith was laughing at the joke. He, t- I didn't see this, but somebody told me he turned his head to see his wife looking at him, not mm-hmm. smiling, and probably giving him the message, what the hell are you laughing at? And I think he went up there to restore his manhood in in the eyes of his uh, of his wife. I agree with that. I think that's some of it. I think that's a lot of it. I mean, I think there has been such a with Will, there has been such a decline. There's, it's like Red Table Talk started with that such an emasculating emasculation of him these last several months, and I think he just really started feeling it. And then the moment that he sees Jada's not laughing. I think that's part of it, but I think that he goes, whoa, like, you know, then it, he, then he decides to take out all that frustration on Chris Rock, and I think Chris Rock was just an innocent bystander in it. I mean, I, I mean, the joke wasn't even funny, and it wasn't that bad, so I get what you're saying, but thank you so much for calling. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no, I totally agree with the caller. I mean, I think that um, I think Will is. I think Will. He like he said. You look over at your wife and you say, "Oh my gosh, she's upset about this joke." But at the same time, here, let me just say this, and this is where I'm going to get to with Will and Jada and what I think about their relationship. And I really, it really changed. I had to think about it, and even today when I saw her, they showed a different angle, and she was laughing. And, 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 and it's hard to say why she was laughing. She was laughing after the situation. I, I was wondering, did she realize what was going on? Did she Because she started laughing uncomfortably after Will comes down off the stage. You kind of see her laugh at Chris's, one of Chris's, Chris saying, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me, and she starts to laugh. But I don't know if she, she didn't reach over to Will and say, are you okay or anything. It was almost as if she looked like she didn't know what was going on. But, you know, I, I, I don't understand how she didn't get it. And then in the first few minutes, too, she was sort of like, um, I mean, like, I couldn't even let, I, I would probably not even let my husband walk up on that stage because I know this is his moment tonight. And I'd be like, hold up, what are you doing? Like, I would have probably tried to stop, you know. But I don't know if it all happened so fast. A lot of people say, oh, Jada loved that shit and everything like that. 
Maybe so. But here's what I do really believe about Jada Pinkett. I think that Jada, and this is my astrology kicking in. Y'all know how I love astrology, okay? Jada is a triple Virgo, okay? And so Will is what we know about Will. Will's a Scorpio, uh, Will is a Libra sun, Scorpio moon with a Gemini ascendant, okay? So what you can see from their relationship, one is very emotional, one is not. Jada is not a very emotional, she's Virgo in. That doesn't mean she doesn't have emotions. She just doesn't let her emotions decide for her. Will with that Scorpio moon, that ascended, he could be very he could be very emotional. And he wants to be a harmonious Libra. Now, it's not so fa- Remember, the other end of Libra is Aries, where Aries is what Aries is like with the war, warrior, ruled by Mars, Mars okay? So Libras can be very uh, harmonious. But if you push them too far, they turn into their other, the other side of them, which is the other side, the other end of the, that zodiac, which is Aries. They can get very angry. Libras try not to do that. So that's Will Smith, okay? Uh, Jada is a little bit more probably what you would consider an alpha in this relationship, okay? And so when you look at we all we look at this, this whole disaster of Red Table Talks, and we go, what happened with these two? I mean, what the hell? This is my personal opinion, okay? What the hell is going on with Will and Jada Pinkett, okay? And everybody's been saying, Jada, Jada's this, Jada's that, Jada's manipulating, Jada's this and that, Jada, la, 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 okay? But I have a very different take after that. Jay, Will is a Scorpio moon, so don't underestimate Scorpio moons. Scorpio moons, they're very, Scorpios can be very manipulative and everything. So can Libras. So, um, here is what I think. I think Jada Pinkett saw Will has a good choice for herself. I don't believe, I think she thought as a, like a Virgo woman. I understand I'm a Virgo moon. I think, and if you're, as a Virgo woman, Virgo people who have, Vir, me, I have a Virgo of like emotions. So I don't make all my choices in re, in in life and love and relationships. I don't make them all based on emotions. I can be very mercurial, okay? And whatever, if you guys know about uh, Gemini, the planet Mercury rules Gemini and Virgo, okay? So if we're talking, we're going to talk a little bit of astrology tonight. You guys, ignore me if you don't understand it, okay? Uh, you can look it up afterwards. Okay, so we can be very, you can be very, in your thinking, very uh, not as emotional. So Jada doesn't just choose out of her emotions, okay? She, she has emotions, but she chooses what's best for her in life. And I think one of the things, one of the things about Jada is that Jada saw Will has a very, because Will was on the come up when Jada, Jada met him, Okay. Will had Will was big, but he wasn't as big as he would yet be, right? So Jada was, she had been on, you know, been in a few films. Had she was on her little bit of come up to. No, Jada had a more different come up. She was starting to be that that it hood girl, right? You know, very uh, beautiful, uh, dynamic, fun. She had, you know, she had been in a few things here and there. But Jada was people thought of Jada was swag. People never would have thought of her with Will Smith, though, because Will Smith was sort of like the corny rapper superstar, right? But he marries Jada, and he gets way more swag. You can say he didn't, you'd be lying. Back in the day, when he married Jada, it helped his swag, okay? Uh, and it helped his street cred a little bit, because Jada's more of that, that oomph, okay? 
Now, what I will say here is that I think that Jada thought, Will is a great choice for me. He's about his life. He's about his family. You know, he's this and that. And, and I believe she, she understood it, but I don't think she understood the cost of Will Smith. And what I mean by that is that his success made her think, made her kind of not look like I, I would read articles over the years about Jada and Will constantly. And so she would always say certain little things like, you know, like uh, she would talk about him the, like trying to buy her things and stuff and how she would, sometimes wasn't impressed by that and different things like that. Uh, but you could always hear this sense of with Jada, in my opinion, like, did I get what I what I thought? <laughs> now, what we think and what the man spirit sometimes tends to think is that uh, that because Will looks successful or he was on a trajectory of success when he met Jada, okay, people think that is your, you know, talk, that kind of proves your stance as a man. But I really believe that Jada didn't realize that she was coming in on a guy. Jada was broken fundamentally, okay? But you can see Jada's brokenness has made her something dynamic, meaning that, okay, the brokenness over the years for Jada, Jada's taken all that energy and she put it into her, her work. And she became something, she was starting to become something rather, her trauma she was starting to put that into something very, something her work and making herself very dynamic. But she got side real a little bit by Marianne Will Smith, and then I believe she's the strength. I believe Will liked her because she looked strong. Jada, whereas Will was was full of trauma too, we couldn't see it because Will had a mask on of I'm successful, I'm this and that. But now Will's mask is coming off, and Will is letting us know that, hey, my mom, my dad used to be my mom. I had all this shit going on in my life and everything like that. See, Jada's trauma was up front. It was part of her, her display. It was part of how she comes to be, right? Jada has put that trauma into her work. That's all, the Jada hood girl, everything, the Baltimore girl, all that. None of that, all of that was on display with Jada. It was not on display with Will, his trauma. And I think one of the things Will was attracted to about Jada was that she is she was strong in her trauma, and she learned to put her trauma and her stuff on display. She learned to put it on, you know, in a in a in a strange way, right? And I think he was attracted to that because he didn't know how to do that. And I think what happened is Jada married a guy who she thought was strong because he looked successful, but what she she married when she got married to him, she finds a very different thing there. A guy who was traumatized, and a, a Virgos often get this. Virgos, you know, Virgos often love people they have to fix. Facts, <laughs> right? So Jada's got her a project, which is Will Smith, and under. Jada, with Jada, with Jada by his side, Will Smith becomes the biggest movie star in the world. Now, what none of us know or none of us understand is how much Jada has probably had to do with that, how much influence, how much business. You know, we think of her head sitting in the back and not doing shit. We thinking that. But when you look at Jada and Red Table Talks and you see how she's driving Red Table Talks, I guarantee you. 
okay, that Jada was was helping Will make a lot of business decisions, helping Will in ways you can't even understand. Y'all think Will is bad because Will plays alphas, okay, but Will really ain't about that life. But Jada was about that life, okay? Listen here. This, I'm telling y'all what I think, okay? And so what I think is when a woman, especially a Virgo woman, takes on that energy and she's trying to fix them and everything she's trying to make, she's becoming masculine. And eventually a woman in masculinity to a man who she, who she thought was this hero, now suddenly he's not. And she's been, she loves him, I do believe she loves him, but she's spending a lot of time having to fix him, be in a position that is hard for her. And she may see some problems in the relationship, sexually, spiritually, mentally, and she's like, shit, I, you know, I, I can't be the, I can't be your mama, your, your fixer-upper, and all these things, too. And now, this is just my take, okay, and now you want me to be able to, you know, like bond with you in sexual ways. Maybe we need to open up this marriage. I love you and I don't want to, I like you, and I don't really want to leave you, but I I require more. Because she's weakened. She's given a whole lot of her, her, the thing that makes Jada her. She's giving them a lot of it to Will. And what you saw on display the other night was the Will that Jada has been taking fucking care of all these motherfucking years. Y'all believe, I, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, y'all talking about Jada. I ain't saying Jada didn't make no mistakes. August Alcina was the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my, I mean, if you're going to play, you know, back in, you're going to run around here, run around here with somebody, girl, get it, get it, go for the gusto. If you're going to have a good night, don't go for no, I would have had to, you know, I would have been if I'm her and I'm with Will, I'd have to go for Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Something else to eat your elbow or something down these streets. I would have been like, oh, shit, Jada, shit. Everybody understand. You know, but she, August Alcina was a, was a bad idea. And I think what was happening is because Jada started making tons of bad decisions because Jada has been placed in a role that is fucking too big and she's had to pay a price for being with Will Smith that y'all fucking can't imagine. And she and, and, and those, that price has made her very weak and, and make a lot of trauma, traumatic decisions. And I really think because Jada was really supposed to be something like that herself, I think what happened is she put all of that energy, that beautiful uh, Baltimore girl swag and everything, and she poured that into Will to try to become something that she hoped he would be. And instead, she weakened herself and weakened decisions. And I, and, and in some ways, I think Will was not a protector, okay? So we when we talk about this marriage, y'all, you know, we want everybody want to knock on Jada and such shit like that. But y'all might not know all the shit Jada been dealing with out in these streets, okay? And I'm not trying to take up for Jada. Jada. Jada's done some foolish shit. But I'm not saying that they both was in an open relationship. Will was out here fucking around. <laughs> Y'all acting like it was just Jada. Will was just more quiet about his shit, allegedly. He even kind of said that on Red Table Talks. 
But see, he let her, what happened? What happened on Red Table Talks? Who took most of the heat on Red Table Talks? Even though he's allegedly been out here playing in the street, who took most of that heat? Because she built for it. That's Jada. She she went on there like, and some people, but all of y'all called her the player. She wasn't the only person playing. He didn't have to agree to an open relationship, even though he know his, punk, his ass didn't want one. But he agreed to it. And he indulged in it, but he didn't put he didn't put that out there like she had to, and he probably felt because oh he's into his career, so he probably felt like well you know you should take the brunt of it and stuff like that. But it, he when he finally decides that he's gonna go take up for his wife, when he finally decides, he decides at the wrong fucking time. Why? Because it tells you about Will as a man. Will is an indecisive dude. And probably got a lot of trauma. They probably trauma bonded. a lot of shit there, okay? So before we go knocking on Jada's knocking on Jada's ass, okay? And I'm not saying that Jada don't deserve some of it. I'm just saying that understand that she's been dealing with somebody who is probably, who looks like a man to the world, who looks like a successful dude to the world, and who looks like he, he has a great mind and everything like that. But you don't probably know what the power is behind that. It's probably her ass. <laughs> she probably been keeping his ass stable a long, long time. Now, astrologists, y'all, y'all know who y'all are out there. Some of my favorite astrologists, uh, Apollonia, uh, Rabina, all of y'all. I cannot wait to see what how y'all, if y'all, to dissect this because I really believe Jada is probably more of the strength, too much of the strength, and it makes her weak because she's really in a role that she can only do for so long, and she's giving out her own energy to someone who needs to create his own power base as a man. But he's used his wife's power base. Now, in some senses, as a woman, you are supposed to be a helpmeet, right? You know, you are supposed to give your husband some influence and inspiration and stuff like that, but you have to be careful that you are with the right person because some people will suck up your power and your energy and leave you out there sick, you get sick, from dealing with certain types and stuff because you weren't built to take that person's energy, okay? So, or help that person or inspire that person. And especially when you're giving away so much of your energy that you end up creating bad situations for yourself. And that could be many women. Many women who are married and in relationships and stuff find themselves at crossroads like that, okay? And so especially when, uh, depending on the man you're dealing with, depending on the relationships, okay, any woman can find themselves in that that uh, bit of thing. So I, my thing is we saw Will act in a surprisingly uh, crazy way, and a lot of us say, well, you, you know, it is a lot because of Jada and Red Table Talks and a lot of the things. But Jada is being who she always was. The person that's been hiding who they've been is Will. So I really believe that we we just probably have there's like a that we have to probably have a little bit more understanding to this uh, this the, the, the dynamic of them and not be so quick to blame Jada even though I see why a lot of the blame is on Jada okay uh, also um, here's what I want to say about this I've already said about the Oscars every seven years when they fail in their ratings or every eight years nine years whatever they want to give a Negro night. 
and they want to uplift their raise and show they diverse. Hollywood diverse. Look at that. Who's diverse? Oh, Hollywood loves it, too. Wonderful. They don't. It's just the worst. We're so diverse. We're so diverse. Yet they've been the reason why a lot of stereotypes, a lot of bad ideas and things about black Americans have been put out in the universe. They have not been balanced in how they've told our stories as black Americans. And I'm talking about black America right now. I'm talking about black America. I'm talking about ADOS, okay, American Descendants of Slaves, FBA, Foundational Black Americans, how they've showed us to the world has not always been good and has not always been balanced. And even the awards they pick, and I'm listen, I'm not against people, a lot of people say, oh, they only like slave movies and stuff like that. You can tell a slave movie every day. Let me tell you how I feel about uh, 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 slave movies. As long as, they, if, as long as they honor our ancestral roots and stuff, you can tell what happened to our people all the time. I don't, I'm not ashamed of the slaves. The, sla- the slaves are the reason why you are here if you're a black America. If they didn't survive, you wouldn't be here. You never hear a Jewish person say they tired of a Holocaust movie. You ain't going to never hear that. Why? Because that's something uh, uh, powerful and horrible that people went through, and they honor the people who have went through it. I'm not going to dishonor my people. If they want to tell my people's story, they can tell them. Okay? So slavery movies is not the problem. The problem is that they have a problem with coming up and having, you know, nominating stories, balanced stories about us, stories across the board about how we live as families and stuff like that. You know how Hollywood rolls, okay? And so this, the Oscars have had a hard time with understanding and living with the idea of black America and blackness in general. But yet... Black Hollywood, and I repeatedly say Black Hollywood, when Antonio Moore and Yvette Cornell called the decadent veil, constantly begs them to be in their shit. And while at the same time claiming to be new, the new power structure, the new power black, but yet you're still knocking on somebody's door can we get in? We all accept us. Y'all gonna let us come to the war show? And that y'all will take crumbs, a little bit of crumbs, to get in the door. This is so sad. It's that. And it's and listen, Will Smith and Chris Rock that night didn't just happen because of the foolishness of, uh, and craziness of, of Will Smith, who I think deserves his Oscar taking because he, he, he uh, just – to erase the race thing out of it. It was other people there that night to win awards and stuff like that. And it was rude that everybody had to stop and pay attention to your ass and your little fallout. He should have got up on that stage and said, hey, I'm so embarrassed by what just happened. I want to hand the Oscars back its award tonight. I'm ashamed. And I just want to do this, you know, take a moment and do this. I'm sorry, y'all, and went out. And instead, you try to get some pompous things about love and all this. I'm like, well, sit your ass down and get your mind together, you know. But anyway, what I will say is that moment couldn't have happened at a greater moment. It was supposed to happen the first year that a black man uh, hosted the Oscars in 99 years. Why did it? Why did it happen to show y'all to quit it? Stop it. Anytime y'all try to go in here and be a part of this institution, stuff's going to crumble. Lee, quit doing it. Quit it. Find your own institutions. 
and they don't got to be. It don't have to be a black award show. Why not just if you a black a black uh, a, a black uh, per executive in the movie business or a black powerful? Why not create a diverse movie award show that can compete with the Oscars? That is truly diverse. Y'all supposed to be bowling, shot calling. So why don't you create an award show and quit begging them to get an 899-year-old funky-ass, boring-ass institution and quit trying to revive it, always trying to resuscitate shit instead of create your own. And then y'all be out here talking to black people who have a hard time, real hard time, like talking about we got to own our own and y'all don't own shit in Hollywood and begging the Oscars, can't we get one award? Will y'all just like us? That's the cost. The cost of trying to save the Oscars is what you just witnessed. It's what it is. When we get back, when I get back on the show, I hope I've covered all that I thought about Will Smith, Jada, the whole nine, whatever. We come back, we're going to talk about Chris Paul and Taraji P. Henson appointing to Biden's HBCU advisory board. Why are we appointing celebrities? What the hell is going on around here, Joe Biden? There are tons of black activists. We'll talk about that and more <laughs> when I get back on the CC show. Oh, also, what is it I want to talk to you all about? Um, and we got a couple of more. I got some stories I think I wanted to talk, kid on, too, here. What, let me look here at the stories. What are we going to talk about when I get back? Uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, both in John's murder – uh, murderer Amber Geiger denied appeal by Harris Court in Texas. Uh, we're going to also talk about, um, oh, Beyonce. How can I forget Beyonce? I'm, listen, here, Beehive, Beehive, I don't want to check in tonight, but I know you're going to think I'm being shady. It's okay. I was sad, too, this week when Beyonce did not win an Oscar. <laughs> Why you say? Because I was like, oh, no, how many more spirits do we have to endure? <laughs> Be alive was decent. I just want her to win one so she can stop begging, too. And create more songs. You know, she's going to be doing this for the next five years, trying to get one of them gold statues. Shit. <laughs> I was sad to be high. So we're going to talk about that, and I'm going to talk to you, tell you what I thought about her performance, too. The Lime Green performance. Very interesting. All right, we'll talk about that and more when we get back on the CC show. Meanwhile, let's listen to a little bit of, where, where do I get at? Listen to a little bit of music. Uh, I don't want you guys to hear. I had a song up I wanted you guys to hear. Now I don't know where it's at. Oh, let's hear uh, Anthony Davis' spitting game. I'll be back in a moment, y'all.
I am back, and we are talking. We talked to Oscars. We talked to Will Smith. I'm giving y'all my theory on Jada and Will. It's just my theory. It could be completely wrong. This is my theory, like that. That Jada. I think that a lot of people sometimes, because Jada seems like you know, because we've heard more about her playing around than we've heard about Will's alleged playing around. So I think that Jada is taking a lot of brunt for this and that sometimes that people forget that Jada in her own right before she married Will was a dynamic entity. I mean, as a woman, she was. Jada was like hot, the new hot thing coming up. 
So I, I really think that sometimes that people can misjudge. Like, I mean, I think she's made some great decisions. That's not what I'm saying. Both of them was in a relationship that was open. Like Will said, there is never anything they haven't talked about. They probably discussed August Alcino, okay, and all the shit that's went down, okay. And even if there's other men or if there's other women and everything like that, the thing is, that's how they chose to roll in their relationship. Do I think it was it's just <laughs> it's necessarily all that smart? No. But listen, people out here deal with shit every day. There's a lot of listen. There's a lot of relationships that to me are not as honest as they they have been. They've allowed you to be, they've allowed themselves to be in Hollywood. I still think there's a lot more skeletons in their closet. But I'm just saying. I mean, they pay the price dearly for some of the things, and I don't think it's completely Zeta. I do believe Will is a lot of of uh, uh, is a can be an emotional drain on a woman, somewhat of a woman like Jada. And I think why I think Will could be an emotional drain is because of what you've seen. And I don't think that was provoked just by Jada. I think that was provoked that Will has childhood trauma that he hasn't dealt with. Right, where Jada, in my opinion, she has that she has childhood trauma, and she's 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 dealt with a little bit better than Will, and I think that she used it as as used it in her art form in a lot of ways. In some ways, I feel like that's one of the things Will found, finds intriguing about her uh, is that her strength and how she uses her trauma, and that Will probably builds characters so that he could be strong like Jada. Right, you know, or something like that. So there isn't like some of y'all were seeing him walking out the stage the other night. It's like his like a character in Wild Wild West or something like that. Maybe so because maybe that's how he deals with things. But Will is a bit of a I can I know y'all call him a simp. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't say simp. I say that Will is a bit of a a very uh, maybe a little bit traumatized, but I still believe time. And sometimes just it's just that energy, some energy, sometimes. I mean, here's the, the kicker about relationships, okay? God, let me help me to say this the right way. Lots of people become involved, become married, become together, that, that sometimes belong together. But even if you're the perfect couple, you're going to go through some shit. You're going to go through some development. You're going to go through... Uh, maybe infidelity. Maybe you're going to go through uh, infidelity only to find out you're not for each other, but there's someone else for you or there's another person out there. Life happens. Shit happens. And I think no more, it, it, I mean, the, the Smith shit is playing out on stage, but what is very, I mean, I don't agree with what happened with Will. And what happened with Will the other day is a very, it can happen to any one of us in life. I often talk about how I love the ID channel. And I say all the time, I, if this is the channel ID, if you don't know what the ID channel is, it's like a channel. They show all these murder shows, these, all, all these things, you know, these stories about murders and how people come to kill people and stuff like that. A lot of times it's couples killing each other. It's all kind of nutty stuff. But one of the things I found intriguing and one of the things I love watching those type of shows because it, it talks about, it, to me, it's about the downfall of human nature. I believe every human has in them the capacity to love, 
uh, the capacity to hate, the capacity to kill, the, just all kinds of things. And that if we don't take care of ourselves and our spiritual nature, that's for all of us. There's times when I have made bad mistakes because I haven't been taking care of myself. You know, I said mentally or spiritually or something like that, you know. But sometimes in life, a lot of times what you see in the, on the ID channel and places like that is these are people who have fallen into depravity of some sort. They've, they've gotten to themselves to a, a spiritual low, right? And uh, it makes them do things that they normally would never, ever do are things that were always in them and they didn't address or care to, to get it worked out or fixed, okay? And they become monsters or whatever. So what I said the other, what I see the other night with Will Smith is a result of a man that is hurting And a man that needs to ask himself some deep questions. And if I was Jada, I'd be asking not only allowing him to ask himself some deep questions, but myself some deep questions. Like, yo, like, you know what? Is this thing, is this over? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, sometimes it's just the end. I know, man, damn. It's hard to say. It's hard to say that about marriage because marriage is supposed to, in its greatest God-given capacity, we want marriage to last forever, right? You're supposed to come into marriage, and you, you, the idea is to stay committed through it, okay? But sometimes, folks, and there's a number of reasons for that, sometimes people fail at forever. And it's always sad and tragic when they do. But people who succeed at forever, I can guarantee you, when you ask them, they have been through a lot to get to succeed for that long. Lots of shit. I even talked to y'all about it on this show about how I always talk to my grandparents and couples, old couples, and they they be having shit in their life. Shit they done went through to stay in their marriages, okay? But sometimes, you know, sometimes people marry, like Devon Franklin and, 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 and Megan Good. I see Megan has finally saying, I'm not saying this is what Megan said, but I'm not, I'm seeing that, that that is a release for her. Because maybe there was a great, beautiful nine years she had with him, but maybe she realized or he realized at some point that, They weren't meant to take that walk forever. And it's okay. So if I'm Jada and Will, I'm asking some strong questions. You built a beautiful legacy together. You have children. Do you stay in it and try to heal through all of this? Or do you come to some conclusions about each other? The journey, do I continue to walk on this journey with him? And understand that I may have to adjust some things or I continue to walk on this journey with her and understand that there may have to be some adjustments or do I decide to walk on this journey alone and maybe there's someone else down the road for me. You know, it's real shit. Damn. You know, they're still talking about bad marriage for life, but maybe they ask, this is what's the see what's done happened since they were saying that? 
I mean, I was just saying, you know, and this might be some shit they just have to go through. You know what I'm saying? Here's what it is. And maybe they're happy with their open marriage and shit like that. I ain't, I ain't knocking it. That's what they do, okay? So, what I, I, you know, I, but I do believe that this has resulted in a real having a moment of spiritual that's showing where his spirit is because that was so out of character for real. So that, so that really means that he really needs some healing. And he needs to pay some consequences for that. Will, I don't think he should have that Oscar. I think that losing, you know, it's just like when these people, um, not that he committed murder or anything, but when people commit crimes and stuff on these shows, you know, yes, someone was out of their mind, was missing where they shouldn't have did, but that comes with consequences. And the consequence was the Oscar should have never let you sit out in that award show when another man, you just emasculated another man on television, another black man, by the way, on Negro Night on Oscars. So you embarrass all, you, you, you sit the narrative throughout the world about us. Sorry, you guys, for the music. You sit the narrative all over the world about us. To me, and I know a lot of black people come out, oh, well, you know, he's taking up his life. I don't believe that was happening. I believe that's the narrative that went out. But there's a way to handle that, too. And we're not so excited about him winning an Oscar that we will we will let anything go. I don't think y'all should have been there anyway. But this is the result. Because it's just, a, to me, it's playing this narrative out. It's selling the black folks, listen, you got to quit begging to be in these institutions. And here's another thing I'll say to this. I'm not telling black people, because I know somebody said this to me, I had a conversation with somebody, and they said, well, does, do you want them not to come to the Oscars? Do you want them not to win an award? And, you know, as a person who's working in the theater and stuff like that right now, what, here's what I would say. doesn't mean don't show up if you're nominated. It just means quit begging. Quit begging people to be a part of something that obviously they don't want you are part of you. This group of black actors and actresses in Hollywood have all been claiming by these extraordinary baller statuses, claiming that they're this and that and all this stuff. They got their own and everything. But if you got your own, let's see you build another award show and quit begging these folks to come in. Okay, that's all. That's all. That's I'm leaving it at. All right, so let's talk about Amber Geiger. It says Amber Geiger. Uh, you know, this is from Bossup.com. It says uh, Botham John's murderer Amber uh, uh, Geiger denied appeal by the highest court in Texas. Okay, it says Amber Geiger really tried it. Remember her, the former Dallas police officer who shot Botham John dead after accidentally walking into his apartment thinking it was hers. She was sentenced to ten years in prison for murder for murderer and subsequently filed for appeal after getting hugs from the judge and forgiveness from the family. Yeah, her. Well, according to WFAA, Geiger's request was given uh, the Matambo finger by the highest court in the uh, in the great state of Texas. The Court of Criminal Appeals told Geiger and her lawyers to kick rocks, essentially striking out any chance that this blood-soaked blue light. <laughs> this is uh, uh, from Bossa.com. Blue light gets her conviction over time. Yay for that. Uh, it, said, it should be noted the entire court voted, voted to deny the appeal except for two justices. And it's important that we say their name so that folks in Dallas who who not uh, who not be voting next time around and just decided 
uh, by the elections in Texas. Uh, Texas. So Judge Kevin Yeary and Judge Michelle Slaughter, they say you're trying. I don't believe one vote. I would like to hear why they said that, okay, uh, why they wanted to uh, say that. But here's my problem with Amber Geiger, okay? Amber Geiger tried to get an appeal too soon. It's like sit there for a minute. She was trying to get an appeal a year after, you know, and she, it's like you understood. Did you understand what you did? I mean, even if you accidentally, let's say she accidentally walked into this man's apartment thinking it was hers and accidentally shot him while he's sitting there on the couch. You know, you know this is my personal opinion. I could be wrong on this, and I don't know who knows what they would do in that situation. But my thing is you're under t- tremendous mental instability and stress and everything if you walk into someone's apartment thinking it's yours and kill them, okay? That means in your life too much shit has been going on out here in this outside world. (laughs) Do you get what I'm saying? Like sometimes, like, you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day about another another person that I know, and I said they, they didn't commit a crime, but they ended up in jail for a long time. And I said, the question isn't about the crime that they supposed to not commit it. The question is, what did God stop from them being put there? What was usually, here's the thing, and not always so, even for innocent people, though, even when you talk to people who have been in jail unfairly and stuff like that, and, and and you go, God, that's not fair. Why would somebody be in jail for 20 years and they didn't do a crime and stuff like that? You know, a lot of things. And there's a lot of reasons sometimes that we get put into situations that where we shouldn't be and that we and, and, and we have to learn. Now, I believe Amber Geiger totally needs to be there. But I'm just saying that if she said what she's saying happened in her life, if she accidentally went there, to me, sometimes – you need to see why you're there. You need to start working on yourself so that you can get the healing that you need so that you can be ready to re-enter the world. Nothing happens sometimes without reason. And sometimes God is making us, making. I mean, not God. How can I say it? Sometimes we're being spiritually arrested, and God allows us to be uh in our lives, maybe not through incarceration, but maybe through some other thing or maybe through something else. But sometimes we're allowed to feel certain things that sometimes we don't feel are fair or whatever, but sometimes it's because we need to work on something, some healing thing. And my thing is, if Amber Geiger, the moment you realize you took another man's life from because you're half asleep or something, that means the world, your world it's gotten too crazy, and there is something, some reason that you had to go through this moment because it, it caught you're in this outside world, and it caused you to take someone's life. You you stumbled into someone's apart. Your mind needs a little rest and rejuvenation if that's really what happened. If that's what she said, with the, I you know I doubt that. I'm just saying if that's what she said happened. So why are you all of a sudden within a few months trying to get out? And I know that's the lawyers and stuff, but my thing is get healing. 
figure out what's going on in your head, in your face. What the hell? How did I get And I was just talking to someone like that. I said, they need to start asking themselves, why did this happen to them? And what what's the greater story inside? Now, I'm not saying that's Amber Geiger's thing, but you would think, you know, after taking someone's life, you know, you wouldn't immediately just start going for a piece. Like, you know, she was crying and stuff. Like, she was sorry. Well, if you start, you know, start working on being a better human, and having a better human experience. I say the same thing to myself every day. Carlotta, start working on being a better human and have a better human experience. Because, you know, listen, sometimes I'm human, so I have all kind of things coming at me. Today, all kind of energies, all kind of ideas, thoughts. I mean, I'm going through something right now. It's, it's always something, okay? And sometimes you have to remind yourself that, it, you know, you have to uh, have better human experience. And that's the same thing I think for Amber Geiger. Heal. Have a better human experience because your human experience when you were free made you whatever in your life happened that made you so crazy, so irresponsible that you stumbled into a man's apartment who was completely innocent and you took his life while he sits in his apartment. eating ice cream. I heard, this is crazy. Let's talk about Chris Paul and Karabi P. Henson appointed to Biden's HBCU advisory board. According to com, President Joe Biden will announce Thursday that he is appointing more than a dozen top education leaders, celebrities, and athletes to his board of advisors on historical black colleges and universities, the White House said. Actress Taraji P. Henson, NBA star Chris Paul, and United Airlines President Bret Hart are among the 18 members of the President Board of Advisors on HBCUs. Paul was until last year a longtime head of the National Basketball Players Association. The presidents of five HBCUs, Alabama State University, Virginia State University, Norfolk State University, and Virginia, Yellow University in New Orleans, and Perry uh, A&M in University of Texas have also been appointed to the board. Biden's moves continue after his administration touted a $2.7 billion in funding from the American Rescue Plan that has provided HBCUs over the past year as HBCUs continue to work to keep campuses safe after dozens of received bomb threats in recent months. Um, the 18 appointees will join Tony Allen, the president of Delaware University, and uh, Tennessee State University, President Glenda Glover, who currently serves as chair and vice chair of the board. The board will be an eclectic mix of talent and commitment that defends historical black colleges and universities, HBCUs, and those who recognize our tremendous value in higher education and smaller, more connected global communities. Um, Let me just say this, okay? Um, I can see people like Debbie Allen, who is now become an educator, and she likes the dean of H being on this committee, and uh, people who have really. But when we just start picking people, I mean, especially celebrities. Celebrity is so. Uh, it's a, <sighs> 
know, Malcolm talked about the same thing back in the day. Malcolm was like celebrity. I mean, it's just apparent that that becoming an entertainer uh, in our community is equivalent to some sort of leadership when a lot of these people are not prepared for leadership. And my thing is this, see, if you're a celebrity out here, You know, I appreciate when celebrities work for the community and stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is, I mean, throwing money at a problem and stuff like that, if you're not having an understanding of the fundamentals of what is going on in neighborhoods. I really care about you know, it's almost like, you know, if you're going to use your platform and say, oh, I give charities, I give this and that, and this and this and this and this and that. You know, I remember this great athlete, and I'm going to say his name on here, but people probably know who I was talking about. Uh, I used to know years ago. And one of the things I thought was so beautiful about this particular athlete is that um, he used to be, that he had a program for children. And every weekend, that guy was there at that program with those kids, putting in those kids. He was serious. He was for real. He went, it wasn't no just my program. You know what I'm saying? I got a program out here helping somebody. He really put himself into that program. And I thought that was one of the most beautiful things in the world. When you have, when you when you give to these communities, when you get, especially if you're a celebrity, don't just be a dumb asshole that's being used by politicians and political figures and things like that to get picture or photo ops and get your their name in the paper and stuff like that and try to get some votes for them and shit like that. But take a moment, even if you, before you fucking talk on politics or whatever in the community, take a moment to understand the dynamics of the things that you want to get to. Have an understanding about uh, what is it particularly you're into. If you're going to be given uh, certain things in a community, what's going on in that community and why is that community hurting? That's how you become an advocate at heart, not these, it's a lot of advocates out here today, and they just out here, I mean, I'm telling you, it's a lot of mess out here. But I'm talking about how you become an advocate at heart is having an understanding of the way a community works. And then you just, then you, sometimes you just don't really, you don't even have to get involved in a certain way in a, with politicians and stuff. You can just be a giver and a lover of things and stuff and have your own understanding and movement. But what I hate is, Celebrities get involved with such so names out here, just putting names. I'm gonna advise you for it, and I'm not saying that's what Taraji she mentioned them is doing. I'm just saying I would prefer to see more educators, uh, more educators on the board like this, especially when we're talking about HBCUs, uh, more uh, leadership and activists in the community who understands the fundamental problems of Black young youth who are going to college today and kind of celebrity is far removed from those things. So I would like to know what uh, these two people understand about 
HBCUs and stuff like that? Are they going to be educated? Or are they just sitting on a fucking board? You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm just, I'm just, we're, we're in a desperate time as black people. And we just really need more black people with a fundamental understanding. It doesn't even have to be, you don't have to be a part of political parties and stuff like that, but just a fundamental understanding about what is going on with the majority of people in our community. Or if you have a heart, like say for instance, if you have a heart for another group of culture or people or something like that and you give to them, one of the things is just to understand the communities, understand the places that you're giving to understand what is going on in this community and how can I help it? Not just delivering your your gifts and your talents. Oh, I did this, that thing at such and such. It's having an understanding about or I danced for such and such or I did this and such. It's having an understanding and a heart for something that you fundamentally are given to, Okay. So that's just my personal opinion. I'm not saying, you know, Chris Powell, they can be very well into it. I'm just I'm just saying a lot of times what we're seeing is a lot of these celebrities <laughs> put out being put out here for a lot of photo ops, okay? Um uh let's see here. I think we talked about um uh, was another story. That I definitely wanted to put it out here for you guys. Oh, I forgot Beyonce. <laughs> oh, how can I forget? Hi, Beehive. <laughs> Billy Alice dragged for best original song win at Oscars over Beyonce. Ridiculous. This is from meow.com. I don't know how to say it, but, you know, whatever. Okay, it says Billy Ellis with her musician brother, Finesse Baird O'Connell, won the Academy Award for Best Original Song, No Time to Die. Billy's royal fans might have been elated with the singer picking the golden statue at the age of 20, but the majority of the internet expressed their disappointment over the same. The song featured in the last installment of Dear Craig James Bonflick was released two years ago, and social media users felt ideally it should not even have been nominated. Billy Elsa's No Time to Die was up against Das Aguritas, performed by Sebastian Gautier for Encanto. Somehow, somehow You Do by Reba McIntyre for Four Good Days, Down to Joy by Van Morrison for Belfast, and Be Alive by Beyonce for Will Smith, starter King Richard. The social media users slammed the Academy for picking Billy over deserving Beyonce. For the you know, uh the unverse Billy Elsh theme song uh, for James Bond, No Time to Die. I already picked up a Grammy Award for this song written by for visual media. Okay. Uh, listen, the 94th edition of the Academy Awards was held at Dolby Theater in Los Angeles, California, Sunday, March 27th. Let me just. Uh, it says another time in Beyonce should have won Best Original Show. I can't believe she was up. No, I can. Um, let me just say this. Beyonce, the beehive is delusional, okay? They think Beyonce should win anything and everything, okay? They really do. It's a, it's a very it's a, it's a very elusive group out here of beehivers, okay? But they really do. And listen, I was hoping for her to win because I want her to could stop trying for my sake and for your for all of the other people's sake. I just want to, you know, she wanted to know she was trying hard to get an Oscar too. And that's the problem. Be Alive was decent. 
I like Be Alive, especially because Be Alive by itself. Now, if the Academy sit in a room and just listen to Be Alive without the visuals of Venus and Serena behind it, it's okay. And then the performance was just, oh, y'all, all y'all lied, talking about, you know, oh, it's so great. I didn't understand her concept. She was in lime green. Somebody was traveling on a black car. She had all girls. Uh, they came in line green, dancing like a little army. And I was like, you know, sometimes we try to be too fucking deep. She had a, bar, a, a garter belt on. She had to be somewhat sexual. She's trying not to. Sometimes she's real trying to be trying. They out here. She's trying to do something different. <laughs> but she was a little bit sexual. Uh, here's the thing. It was over the top. And it lost, it, it lost its sentiment. I get what she was trying to do. She was trying to do it on Compton, uh, 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 in Compton, on, on the where the Serena and Venus played. But you know what? You should have made it very simple. You didn't need to be where it's touching. Not trying to be so deep. This is the problem. That's what happened with Black is King. It was too over the top. It was it was not a connection in it. Whereas, you know, she was trying to be so deep that it lost its its oomph. The thing about it, same thing with this performance on the Oscars, in my opinion. I know Beehive and other people are going to, because you guys are so enamored with Beyonce, but I really, I mean, I was like, what is this about? You know, sometimes you can just do something that just celebrates the people. You know, what What would have been nice if Beyonce and, uh, you know, Beyonce, something simple, like I'm just giving my opinion, my little thought. Beyonce, Venus and Serena, would have been sitting on the court with a few girls, several girls, maybe 50 girls from uh, from uh, from the area of Compton that's playing tennis or whatever, or 50, 50 young black girls and stuff, and they would have said, hey, you know, we, we, want, uh, we want to take this moment to celebrate all the people or something that Venus and Serena encouraged around the world. Here to do Be Alive is all these, uh, all these young black ladies, young black women from around the world or around the United States who are playing tennis. We're going to have them present the song. And then you show them different people, maybe human, from a human perspective, singing parts of Be Alive or something like that. But her video, or, you know, like, these just regular people, like them playing tennis and singing part of the song, something fun, like TikTok-ish like. But yet it's with feel, with normalcy. And stop being over the top deep. Nobody knew what the fuck he was doing with the lime green and the black horse. Everybody said, what the fuck's going on in the tennis court and stuff? Nobody knew what the fuck was happening. I was like, what the fuck is this? I did see that part. I watched it on video. I was like, huh? <laughs> because Venus and Serena's story, even though it's extraordinary, it's about the ordinary. Ordinary people living in the hoods of Compton that did something extraordinary. So over over saturating it with something out trying to be deep and why she looks like a space cadet every time she sings. Will y'all take her out from under MK Ultra when she performs? Damn. <laughs> See, is she under MK Ultra? I don't know if that's what it is. She the one celebrity I believe you could be under some MK Ultra. Okay, I mean her eyes. She was just. I said, did you just sing? Are you just like when she just sings? It's like nothing there. She's just like. And then they slowed down the song, too. Oh, my Lord. It was even worse just seeing her come out and her eyes look shot. I mean, it looked a little red. I was like, she looked beautiful, but she just looked strange, just like she's not there. It's like, are you who? Is anybody? It looks like it's a robot performing. Really, seriously. It's like one of the Westworld. Speaking of Westworld, what happened to Westworld? 
you know, shit, I just thought about that. Damn, it's, I forgot about Westworld. And if you can, so, does this one stick on? <laughs> yeah, after that, and thinking about Beyonce being robotic, I had a thought about Westworld. <laughs> Sidebar, where the fuck is Westworld? <laughs> See, these shows be gone for too long. Well, I don't think about their ass no more. <laughs> but let's talk about, let's talk about Beyonce's robotic Westworld ass. Okay, she looks like she, that's what she needs to star in Westworld. Okay, her ass looks like a pure robot. It's her, her performances, it was unfeeling to me. And to me, Venus and Serena, that's the problem. You know, with Beyonce, that she just won't do it. Here's the thing, Beyonce. Let me explain say something to you as you go on forward to try to get this Oscar, because I know you're going to keep trying. Just do a great song when you're asking for a soundtrack. Quit thinking about the Oscar. Think about how can I do a great song for this particular film? Quit thinking about, oh, what's going to make me have an Oscar? How can I get, how can I become an EGOT winner? Is that what it is, Emmy? You know what I'm saying? You know how she's probably thinking. You know what I'm saying? Because she loves to collect them. To, that's how she proves to herself that she is what she is, in my opinion. No, dear. Just make a great song. Quit thinking about, oh, Because every time you do that, somebody's going to come through and beat you. You look desperate. That's why I want to give it to you. They're like, is this another one she's presenting? Oh, God. Let's listen to it. Oh, it's better than the last one. <laughs> to be how it's I'm just getting my key shit. Checking into the Ramada unit again. Damn. <laughs> I was sad too. I wanted her to win. <laughs> Maybe not for the same reasons y'all did. Just do a nice song, okay? Quit trying to be contrived and making an Oscar song. Just make a good song, okay? And quit trying to be over the top. That's why it lost its feel. Because the green, now your fans are going to lie and say, oh, she looks so beautiful. You did, but you look like a robot out there. And I don't know what the hell was going on. <sighs> and then they say, you know, some of the fans are mad because they're seeing Beyonce. Got they the Oscars use Beyonce for ratings. Trust me, Beyonce's trying to use them for clout. It's a quid pro quid it's a you know, it's a thing. Quid pro is that the way you said pro quo? I forget how you said it. You know, they get something from each other. Beyonce would love to have an Oscar, okay? She wants to validate herself with awards. I want her to have one because I want her to feel validated and quit putting shitty shit out for my ear gate. <laughs> but be alive with decent, like I said, with the visuals behind it. And to me, the visual, what was great about Be Alive, because when I heard, I had heard Be Alive before by itself, and I didn't think it was all that. But when I saw it on the screen and they were showing Venus and Serena and different stuff about them and their life and stuff, that was dope. It connected. But then she came and did the performance at the Oscars, and she had on, she got somebody walking down the street, coming down the street. I Maybe I'm pretty sure this, the lime green is some symbolic shit, but most of the people don't get what that shit is. Unless you live, but I'm talking about just, you ain't got to go so deep. 
just do some sort of connection, like just a decent connection, like they did in the movie. When they start playing the song, they start showing images of the real girls and what they had done, their family and stuff. And it was like, yeah, that's oh, that's okay. But it didn't connect when she was doing this performance. She looked like a fucking robot out there with a garter belt on and a green dress, <laughs> a real pretty ass robot. Nothing was in her eyes. Gosh, show that performance again. There was nothing there. There was not anything. I don't even know what's going on with her. There's, like, nothing there. I'd be like, whoo. Like, does she have a soul? (laughs) What did they do with Beyonce prior, post B-Day? What happened? To the cold? I have to ask them a lot. I have to ask them about conspiracy theories. This is the MK Ultra. I don't know shit. She's not there though. Whoever is out there performing, they're not there. <laughs> Watch the performance again and look at her eyes. You shit. Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet are not getting back together. Will you guys stop? Jason Momoa showed up on the red carpet. Was he with someone else? He was with another person. He's fine ass. Lisa's had enough. Hmm. This is why I didn't say anything much about it. I think I don't think I talked about it on the show. I may have said one thing or something about it. I don't know. Because I didn't think they were back together. I had to say, because, you know, I just... I just didn't think so. But this is according to uh, HollywoodLife.com. It says, the Aquaman star called his ex-family in a new interview, uh, called his ex-family in a new interview at the Academy Awards. Later that evening, he cozy up to Kate Beckinsale at an Oscars after party. Jason Momoa said down rumors that he and his ex-wife, Lisa Bonet, worked back together during a red carpet interview with Access at the Academy Awards on Sunday, March 27th. Jason 42 quickly shook his head when the interviewer, Scott Hall, said the actor was his inspiration and he was happy to see him and Lisa 54 working on their relationship. But the, but the dual star said that wasn't the case. Now, he, he know that then where he was standing there with another woman. But anyway, even though Jason admitted that he and Lisa were together, they were definitely still having a great co-parenting relationship regardless. We're not back together. We're family, he said. We have two beautiful children together. We're family forever. Uh, Jason had uh, the sol- had rolled solo to, oh, he rolled solo to the 2022 Academy Awards, arriving wearing a sleep back suit. And he had his signature locked uh, sleep back after the ceremony, though he was spotted hanging outside of Vanity Fair Oscar party. And he was super sweet, having a suit jacket to Kate Beckinsale, who definitely seemed cold hanging outside the party. Listen, I mean, it is what it is. This woman understands. Listen, I, I told y'all, I already enslaved Lisa Bonet and this man probably, okay? It's time to let him go. Let him out there to the streets, okay? He's young. He's ready. You know, he Lisa's at a different stage in her life. And he probably, you know, he's getting this superstar. A lot of women is liking him. They like, you know, hey, what's up? And all this stuff. Lisa don't want to deal with all that. She know what's being ready to be time. She don't want to deal with none of that. Probably, this is just my opinion. She don't want to deal with none of that cheating shit. She's just like, you know what? Go to the street. Be free. (laughs) Be free, Jason. I set you free. 
we Scorpio, Scorpios, we got to set them free, don't we? We got to set them up for my fellow Scorpios up there. We got to set you free. She knows what's coming. She knows what's coming. She's like, because he's younger and he's, 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 he's probably never had this thing of stardom before and everything, you just don't want to deal with the shit. You know, she's already been there, done that. What the happens when you get them fine? That's what he's talking about. When they, when they too fine, like Jason Momoa and Lenny Kravitz is like, so y'all was all talking about how lucky she was. I said, no, how much pain is she taking? <laughs> but beautiful men come a lot of beautiful shit. <laughs> you know, people say, you know, because they, they options and shit, so people got a lot of options. You got especially when you have a lot of options out in the street. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a lot of options down these streets. You know, you could be indecisive and shit. You know what I'm saying? You could be like, you know, and his options was opening up. You know, after Aquaman, that shit really opened up. And Lisa Bonet, you know, being wifey, but she's older and stuff like that, she understood what the fuck was going to She didn't want to be bothered with none of that shit. She's like, go on out here in these streets, be free. I said, you free. <laughs> because, you know, nobody, she don't want to deal with the shit that's coming. Yeah, bitch. You just doing coochie cat and stuff like that. You have to have an older seasoned man who's understand who's who's over the coochie phase. He's had enough coochie thrown at him, and he's ready, you know, to, you know, coochie isn't everything. Jason hasn't had that phase in his life yet. At least he's been with Lisa all the time. Now he's getting fame and all that, and I think she just understood the score. He's ready. Okay. They got back together though. So y'all cut that eye out here. Okay. Uh what else we gonna talk about? Uh I was gonna talk about y'all talking about Zoe Kravitz, but I really don't want to. Listen here. Y'all talked about Zoe Kravitz saying the right what she said was right about Will Smith. I don't care what y'all think. Will Smith was assaulted, it's assaulted somebody at the Oscars. She wasn't lying about that. And Jim Carrey was right too. Okay. Ridiculous. Anyway, and the reason why I say it's ridiculous because Jada wasn't in no danger or nothing. Gonna go up on the stage and be hitting on folks and stuff. I just, I just think that's crazy. But anyway, I'm not gonna talk about that story. I'm not gonna talk about y'all talking about Zoe. Zoe's still a beautiful girl. And yes, Zoe. You know, a lot of y'all are saying Zoe's whitewashed uh, a little. I mean, I don't think she's ever made the kind of secret of that. Okay, but she still doesn't take away that she's a beautiful girl. The tug of war, residents of majority black town face ultimatums and take over if they don't pay off their debt. They say the tug of war between them, this is according to, um, according to CNN.com, it says the tug of war between majority black town and Tennessee and state officials in intensifying, is intensifying as the state comptroller's office has given the town an ultimatum. Fix the town financial troubles or our county will take over. 
The state's uh, comptroller has pledged to restructure the town's financial supervision and push officials in Mason, Tennessee, to give up their charter if they cannot pay off their debt. Although Mason, a small town about 40 miles away from Memphis, has had a history of late August and has not submitted its annual audit on time since 2001, the town's leadership says the state is now concerned because the area is welcoming a $5.8 billion Ford Motor Company plant in 2025 called Blue Oval City. The plant will be about 10 miles away from Mason. Last week, Mason's Board of Aldermen voted to use the first half of this American Rescue Plan allocation to replace some of the money the town borrowed from its water and sewer funds over the past couple of years. The town currently owes more than $597,500 to its water and sewer uh, funds. Control, according to Tennessee's controller of the uh, Treasury, Jason Mump Power, once a town officials transfer uh, money, Mump Power's office will work the town on its financial plan. And his office told Tennessee. Hmm. Last month, Mump Power has authority over incoming outpouring uh, funds for the state since they led it to Mason resident calling them to push for the town to relinquish its charter. Montar gave them two options, allow the comptroller's office to take control or forfeit the city charter, feeding the control to Tipton County. Town officials say the comptroller's office actions are racially biased because the state only intervened once the plant was coming to the area, and it's helped the majority white towns with their finances without pushing them to relinquish their charter. Mom Power denies the bias and told CNN he does not want Mason to be left out of the financial benefits of the Ford plant. If town officials are all skeptical about what the comptroller will do next. All of these years, and now they want to come in and take over Vice Mayor Virginia Rivers told CNN, they just want to push us out the way. Mayor Emmett Golden drew a contrast to the way the comptroller's office helped another town in Tennessee. Jellicoe had worse financial issues than Mason, including declining revenue, excessive spending, and stolen money, according to Goody. In 2013, the comptroller's office requires a town to submit weekly spending requests to him for approval and work with them to develop a balanced budget. By the end of our enhanced supervision in 2018, Delico was financially stable and approved his practices. John Brown, spokesman for comptroller, my power associate, while Delico has a population of 2,100 with about 95% white people, 1% black people. Mason has a population of less than 1,500 people with about 23% white people and 72% black people. Um, the comptroller office never asked residents of the city of Jellico to convince their town to give up the charter, according to Vice Mayor Rivers. I definitely think race plays a factor in the comptroller actions because we're only the only one city they have coming to force finances and demand charter, Rivers said. They didn't come in and offer us any assistance like they did with the city of Jellico. Okay, this is a very interesting story because it's uh showing uh this uh this the state wanted to come into these little small town this little small town that's a majority black town now they're getting billions of dollars in revenue in and wanting to take over. And I definitely believe that's what they're trying to do. So we'll keep an eye on this story and get more details and stuff, but it's a very interesting article. I tell you guys to read it. And see, on CNN, residents of majority black town face ultimatums and takeovers if they don't pay off their debt. 
Now, to me, too, the debt speaks to a lot of things. It's, 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 it's how you damn near got to be almost perfect in America if you're black, okay, you know, and how you handle, uh, especially when you have running towns and cities like that, because they will try to come at you much harder, which is unfair, but it's just facts, okay? Um, next up, the stories. Let's see what else right now. I have some other stories for you guys from uh, earlier during the week, but you know what? I'm going to save them probably for some time. If I do a show this weekend, I will try to uh, come on and talk to you guys about uh, that, I think. Let me see. Let me make sure. Uh, let me look this up here. That's what do, what we'll do. I'm going to save some of the stories uh, for I think uh, this show. I guess this for uh, for this show. I'm going to save some of this uh, stories, and we'll talk about that. Let's talk about some of the stories I said we were going to talk about earlier this week, okay? That's how we'll end it. I'm ending very strange. I've been ending this very strange for the last couple of weeks. The last time I ended really strange. Oh, my God, I'm having quite the week. I'm telling y'all. You know, it's so much going on for me in these next few weeks because, you guys, I'm getting ready to complete my semester before my last semester of school. Yay! And so I got a lot going on with that. And then I'm getting ready to take a trip in a couple of weeks. So you guys, you know, I'm going for the night tour in Oakland. I'm so excited. Y'all like, Carlotta, how much more can you be excited about Maxis? Listen, I'm excited because I get I get to hang. Well, I haven't hung with my uncle for a little bit. So I get to go hang with my uncle, see my uncle, hang out with him. It's always fun when I'm hanging with my uncle. Then my uncle, you know, we're both born on the same day, both Scorpios. So, you know, we kind of have an understanding of each other. So it will be exciting for me. I can't wait. I'm excited about that. He's already been arguing with me about Will Smith. You know, sending me text arguing. <laughs> I'm like, I disagree with you. <laughs> but you know what it's like the two Scorpios disagree, Okay. <laughs> But it's very interesting. So I'm excited about that. So I don't know how the shows are going to be going the next couple of weeks. If I'm going to be doing I got a lot of catching up to do with school stuff and everything. But I'm going to try to have a show and do all those uh, – and do all of those uh, things that I – you know, the the subjects I wanted to talk about. Or I'll come up with some new subjects and stuff like that, and we'll hit on on the show, okay? So you guys, please forgive me for how I've been ending these shows. (laughs) I know it's strange. It's just a strange thing. It's just strange. I just some some of the stories. Sometimes I have a feel for it. You know what I'm saying? I really wanted to get on here to talk with you about Will Smith and the cost of doing the Oscars because. Listen, it's not, I understand. Let me just say this before I go. This is going back to the Will Smith thing and stuff like that. I understand black people wanting to bust down doors in those institutions. If you're in the theater or acting or in film or anything, 
we all have a need to prove ourselves sometimes to the dominant culture that we're just as powerful and just as good, if not better than you. I mean, you know, better than you in, in, in the world of entertainment, acting, or whatever. However, to keep trying to get someone's attention, to keep trying to beg people, to keep trying to do this, it just becomes a point where it's just, it's too much. And I believe this incident that happens at the Oscars was for black people to say, you know what, it was an incident that happened that made us look so bad. You know what I'm saying? That and, and a lot of people are trying to throw out, it didn't make me look bad. No, it, it, it still goes around the world as black people doing it. That it, it's like, I feel like we're going to have more moments like that if we keep trying to get into spaces, if we keep trying. That doesn't mean you don't go if you're invited and stuff like that. But if we keep trying to get into spaces where we're not normally invited and we keep trying to save something when it's going down, we shouldn't have even been involved. The Oscars the last several years have been having on the decline. It's like a, it's been, it's, it's like a, it's been headed towards, uh, you know, just disaster. And it's like we tried to jump in front of the, you know, the big, uh, you know, the, the jump in front of a plane crashing. We tried to, to push it back. Instead, we got ran over by the plane. <laughs> the plane crashed anyway, right? Even though the Oscar ratings are probably up because of the Will Smith Matt uh, uh, thing, but it, it at 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 a cost to us, okay? When we shouldn't have even been there trying to stop disaster from happening. Sometimes you got to let an institution break in order for it to be something different. And I feel that's what black people in uh, Hollywood have to understand, even at the Grammy Awards and stuff like that. Same thing with black people. You have to understand that sometimes you got to let these things, these, these, these old institutions break so that they can build themselves up to be something different. But if you keep stopping them from breaking and being desperate every time they ask you to come and host their awards, direct their awards, do this, do that, and, and, and you go, like, oh, that's a part of me. I'm, I'm a part of this crowd now. Well, you know they're going to just, once they build back up, they're going to leave you out again only to collect you up in the next seven years or something like that. We just got to stop. We've given them a chance over and over again. And, you know, hey, it is what it is. We just need to stop standing in front of the train wreck. Let the train wreck so that it can become something different. And then let's build new uh, new ways of transportation or new ways of getting awards, okay? And since we're so bold like that, okay, since we got rebounding like that. That's it. I think that's all. Is there anything else I need to say? I think that's it this week. That's it. That's the show. You guys, listen, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Cause it's come, I don't know if I'm going to do a show Saturday. Who knows? <laughs> it's so funny because I have a friend that's doing the, uh, what is it, she's doing the L.A. show. And she, I don't know if I told you guys about this, but she asked me to come to the L.A. show for a night. And I was like, oh, my God, you should talk to me ahead Because, you know, I'm already going to be in San Francisco, right, you know, when the L.A. show's in. And I'm like, I can't go I'll come to the L.A. show and then go back <laughs> too much <laughs> but you know i uh so i was laughing about that so i'm like no i can't do the l <laughs> <laughs> i 
<laughs> I joked about on my live, if you guys can follow me on uh, the, my page, I, I joked on my live that I'm on tour. <laughs> But, no, I just love uh, my favorite artists. I like to go see them, in, you know, in different capacities and stuff like that. I am excited because the Essence Festival is coming back this summer. So I'm excited that I get to see the Essence Festival. It's interesting. They got Nicki Minaj on one night. Now, I wish they would have did something else, but I am going to enjoy watching and see what she's like in concert. But, you know, my personal opinion, I'm like, Essence, to me, the Essence should have worked with, uh, they should have gotten, like they should have had a, they should have had Joe Maxwell and Anthony Hamilton and New Edition and the people they had them like they should have had them all on one night like the black promoters collectors black promoters collectors tour people all on one night or a couple of, I think that would have been I think that's the essence best crowd but it's still going to be interesting to see Nicki Minaj but I'm just saying I felt like it would be better but I'm more there to see Janet. I'm, I mean, I'm back to, I'm going back to New Orleans, to Janet and food in New Orleans. Y'all know I love the food in New Orleans. Me and the, I'm about that life in New Orleans. That's the food in New Orleans. Yes, I be there at SSS for the food, and 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 it's that's time I was there for Janet. It was Janet and the food. It's gonna be the same thing this year. <laughs> Janet and the food. I ain't thinking about nothing else. <laughs> so, you guys, that's it for this. Uh, that's it for the show today. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Remember, you can hit me up on the Call Out of Chatwood Facebook page. You can also hit me up on C Chatwood Show on Twitter and Call Out of Seventy Two on Twitter. I'm mostly on C Chatwood Show side. You can also hit me up on Carly's underscore Galaxy on Instagram. And so those are uh, ways that you can follow me or get in contact with me and things like that. Okay. Listen, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful week. And let me see, what are we going to leave out with? Um, man, I don't know. I thought I had a song that I wanted to uh, I wanted to play, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, when you think you have a song, you're just like, uh, do you forget it? I don't know what, the, I think I've forgotten what my song is going to be. Okay, so... Uh, I think I'm going to leave out with, look at this. I'm confused at what song to leave out with, man. Okay, let's do a leave out with a Lindsay Webster. I like this song, Back to Your Heart, okay? It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. See y'all. Bye. the other